All right, so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be um, in a new series called The Elephant in the Room, and we're going to be looking at some pretty tough topics, uh, as you can tell. Uh, we're not going to unpack every single one of those things that was addressed there, uh, but we definitely are going to be looking at some tough topics, and here's what I want to tell you. Uh, you. None of you in this room need to know what I have to say. None of you in this room need to know what I think about anything, uh, because that really just flat out doesn't matter what I think about it. And so what we're going to look at is we're going to look at what God says. And I think some of you right now, if, if you stand on one side of an issue, you might think, well, God says this. Or if you stand on another side of an issue, you might think, well, God says this. And your view of what God says maybe, you, maybe makes you think less of God. It might make you think more of God. It might make you think less of Christians or people that claim the name of Christ. It might make you think more of them. I'm not sure, but no matter what side you're on over these next couple of weeks, here's what I want to make a challenge for you. I want to make a challenge for you to just listen and ask God what he wants to tell you. And we're going to look at some of these things over the next couple of weeks. Today, we're going to talk about a very controversial issue of sexuality. Now, some of you just got really stressed out. The moment I said that, some of you got really stressed out. Uh, If you're in junior high, you might have gotten totally stressed out. If you're in high school, you might have gotten totally stressed out. And uh, don't worry, if you got stressed out by that, you're going to get a whole lot more stressed out over the next couple minutes. Um, But I'm glad you're here because we are navigating a very difficult culture. We are walking a very difficult journey And it's a hill to climb. And so what we want to do over these next couple weeks is hopefully through God's word as our roadmap, try to help you navigate this journey. And so that's what we're going to do here over the next couple of weeks. Let's start by praying uh, and we'll get started opening God's word. God, thank you for today. Thank you for all the students in this room. And God, we, none of us in this room need to hear anything from me, but we all need to hear something from you. So God, we pray that you would be clear. And God, really, we're confident that you would be clear, so we pray that you would get me out of the way and that you would speak on these difficult issues this week and in the weeks to come. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, right as we start this whole thing out, I wanna tell you guys something, that there's this battle that goes on right now all the time when it comes to this issue we're gonna talk about today and a lot of other issues. There's this battle constantly going on of acceptance or rejection, right? There's this battle of acceptance or rejection. All of us in the world, all of us want acceptance, but all of us are also really good at rejection. That's part of the problem. All of us are really good at rejection, but all of us want acceptance. So I'm going to define a couple terms that I need you to understand as we talk about these things. Some very important terms to understand. One is acceptance. Another, some people may say tolerance. I'm going to use the word acceptance because it's a little bit different, but I need you to understand this. The other one is approval. Those are the two things. I need you to understand there's a major difference between acceptance and approval. Acceptance has to do with a person, support of a person, okay? Approval has to do with support of an idea, okay? There's a big difference. So let me give you an example of that. Imagine your best friend, and hopefully this isn't true of any of you, it probably is true of some of you, but what if your best friend, you love that person, right? Your best friend, of course, you love that person. What if they start doing some really destructive things? What if they start doing drugs, 
As a good friend, are you going to accept that person? Your answer hopefully would still be yes. But because you care about that person, do you approve of the idea and what they're actually doing? Hopefully the answer would be no because you would understand that that's destructive for them. But there's this battle for acceptance and here's what it looks like. A lot of people think that acceptance and approval are the same thing and they're not the same thing. You can accept a person without approving of what they do. And by the way, uh, if you've ever been in any kind of relationship, a friendship with anybody, then you have to deal with that regularly. Accepting and loving and caring for people. So I wanted to give a clear distinction about that right from the start because what people constantly are telling you is that if you don't approve of something, then you are intolerant and you hate people and that's not true. If I don't approve of my best friend doing drugs, that does not mean I hate my best friend. That just means I care so much about my best friend that I want him to do things that are healthy for him and gonna help him, not things that are gonna destroy his life, right? I need you to understand that because you are being told all the time that if you don't approve and give thumbs up and hearty support to the things that people are doing, that you're rejecting people and that's just not true. You have to understand that as we start these next couple of weeks. We're gonna answer really one big question and tonight I need you guys to do me a big favor. I need you to do me a big favor and I need you to listen very carefully right now because if you miss this, it's gonna be a big problem for you as we continue on. We're gonna answer a really big question tonight. We're gonna answer a really big question. But if you do not listen to the entire thing, you will miss the big picture because you can take parts of what I say, small parts of what I say, and you can think that I'm saying something that I am not saying. And so I need you to understand that you have to listen to this entire thing as we talk tonight. You have to listen. If you don't understand, or if you don't listen to all of it, you're not gonna understand the big picture and it's gonna skew your mindset. Now, some of you right now are so uncomfortable because you know some of the things that I'm about to say, but if that's you, some of the things I am gonna say are probably gonna make you uncomfortable. But if you listen to the whole thing, I think it'll give you a bigger picture. So I'm gonna ask you to just listen to all of it and then any conclusions you wanna make, any questions you have, at the end, come up with those conclusions based on the whole picture, not just, ju- not just little segments of it, all right? And any questions you have, I want you to know, we just have a short amount of time tonight. And I'm not gonna unpack all of this in, in extreme detail. I'm gonna try to do as best I can to quickly give you what God's word says so that you can know how to navigate some of these things. And if you wanna talk more about it, you wanna know how to navigate this, maybe for yourself or navigate this with other people, I want you to know that I'm here anytime you wanna talk about it. I have students in my office fairly regularly. I've had plenty of students in my office over the years, I've been here a long time, that have, have dealt with this, whether they're dealing with it, trying to help a friend, or they're just dealing with it personally. I deal with this kind of stuff regularly, it's not unusual. And by the way, I love getting to walk in this with students. So no matter who you are, I want you to know, I'll, I'll walk this with you, okay? Any questions you have, you can come and ask me. The key question, and, and I know we're gonna talk a little about sexuality because we live in this world of, uh, as, as they would term it, uh, we live in this world of like gender dysphoria and, and some of these other kind of things where there's this confusion and some people would say, well, it's not confusion, it's, that's, not, that's the wrong term, but there's all these different ideas that come along with sexuality and gender versus sex, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay, but some of you do. 
the difference between gender and sex. I realize some of you understand that. So I want you to know I grasp all that, but we can't unpack all that in here. I mean, there's books and books and books that help explain all that stuff. If you understand some of that stuff, know that I'd be happy to talk to you more about it. We're not gonna be able to unpack every single thing when it comes to it, but I'm gonna ask this question. We're gonna kind of focus in maybe on one area, but a lot of this, I'll kind of pull in sexuality as a whole together. The big question is, is homosexuality wrong? Is it wrong? Now, here's the part where I'm about to say you gotta keep listening. Because I'm gonna read a couple of scriptures and you're immediately gonna think, oh, there it goes. But keep listening. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, if a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man, as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. Now, some of you, again, some of you might be like, you're making me uncomfortable, the words you're saying. I'm gonna keep this uh, age appropriate. I understand the setting that we're in, but I'm gonna be honest, okay? So that's what it says. If you read your Bible, you'll read the exact same thing, by the way. I want you to read your Bible. You can read that. If a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man, as with a woman, both have committed a detestable act. Romans 1, 26 through 27 says, God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned against natural ways to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men as a result of their sin. They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserve. So I want to start by just saying homosexuality is sin. Some of you guys are like, all right, that's it. We're done. We're having it. No, I, I need you to keep listening. I need you to keep listening because we're going to start with God's word. And this is his words, not ours. And some of you have a problem with, with what I just said. Some of you immediately have a problem with what I just said. And I'm okay with that right now. Keep listening. I'm okay with that. I need you to understand I'm okay with that. I don't want that to be the case, but I'm okay with that because really all I just did was read what, what God's word says, but there's deeper stuff to it. Some of you have a problem with it because you say, but people are born that way. They can't help it. There's nothing they can do. How can you say it's wrong when people are born that way? Because if people have that desire, why would God say that it's not okay? If they are born that way, Way. Lady Gaga helped us with that a long time ago, of course, but we know, we know there's a whole lot more to it. Some of you guys are thinking, thinking that way, but there's a whole lot more to it. And some of you are saying, well, they're born that way. Let me, let me give a pause for just a second and tell you how I was born. I was born that when I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off, I want to run them off the road. Any of you drive, raise your hand if you drive a vehicle. How many of you have your permit? Some of you, some of you got, yeah, you got your permit, right? So some of you, if you've ever driven down the road, you've probably experienced this. Somebody cuts you off or does something and you have that moment where you're like, I am driving a one ton vehicle and I can just run you off the road or half ton or whatever it might be, you know, half ton really. But I mean, you're, you're, you're like, I'm driving this big vehicle. I want to run you off the road. I'm getting frustrated. And guess what my natural desire is? Nobody taught me to do this. My natural desire is to go, I want to run you off the road. That's my natural desire. I was born that way. But guess what all of you want me to do? Not do that. If you were the one that just cut me off, you're not only going to not want me to do that, you're going to expect me to not do the, what I was born to want to do. Every one of you in this room. And by the way, there's a million other examples we can talk about. A million other examples that we can talk about that are just like that. I'm trying to give you a basic one that all of you guys can understand because nobody had to teach me road rage. 
I was just born that way. So understand that principle. If you're gonna use that argument, I need you to understand that principle. There are people who will say, I was born a murderer. Like I was born with the desire to just kill people. None of you are gonna say that's okay. Not one of you are gonna say that that's okay. But listen to this. I need you to understand something else as a part of this. Genesis 1.27 says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And here's what God said. After he created everything, he said, it is good, right? That's what he said. He created everything and it said, he said, it is good. It's the way I intended, but we all know what happened. We messed it up. Sin got in the way and it started from the very beginning. And I'd love to get deeper into kind of how it all started and not trusting God for, for who he was and that he would satisfy. I can't really get into that, but that's what sin is. It's not trusting God at what he says. It's not trusting God for who he is and that he can satisfy. So when we step outside of that, we cause problems and think that we can satisfy ourselves. But we twisted and changed what God made good and changed it by our sin. I didn't make an uncomfortable statement, just make it real right up front. I've said this before when we talk about these things. God created sex, in case you didn't know that. I've said this. It's not like Adam and Eve started having sex and God was like, oh, I don't know what you're doing. Covering his eyes, he was afraid of it. it wasn't, that's not how it worked. It was his idea. He came up with it. He designed you the way you are, and some of you guys are really uncomfortable. It's kind of funny. Some of the girls are like, you know, but listen, he created it. It was his idea. He created you. He created sex. He created your sexuality, and here's what happens is all those things can be great, but they can also be twisted. They can also be perverted. They can also have some serious issues. When we begin to engage those things outside of the way that he designed, no matter what comes natural, when we begin to engage in those things outside of the way that he designed, it causes problems for us. Some of you guys know the the Penn State football, they had an issue years and years ago uh, where some of their coaches, you know, they they would have camps for little boys and stuff and they would be doing things to, to boys that they shouldn't do and then there was this big cover up and stuff. And, and here's what happened is these, these men have this inappropriate desire for young boys. And some of you guys, this might hit really close to, uh, and if that's you, I'm sorry, I, I just, I'm trying to get all of us to understand something. Started wanting to do things with little boys and they did. And then there was this cover up and some of you guys would say, yeah, that's sick. And rape, you'd say, yeah, that's sick. And we look at all these different things. You say, you know, there's people that that do terrible things with animals. There's people that look at at pornography and you might say, well, those things are just wrong. Or you might even say some of those are wrong. Some of them aren't. I don't care how you feel about it, but you look at some of these things and you say, that's just wrong. But that's their desire. That's what they want. And you look at those things and you say, that just seems unnatural to me. You might think it seems unnatural to you. Some of you might even think some of those things seem natural to me. But guess what? When we look at those things, we realize that that's not how everything was intended that's a distortion and natural desires can still have distortions some of you know the emptiness of experiencing your sexuality or sex outside of the context that God designed it for and you know the emptiness that comes along with that when you use a beautiful thing in the wrong way but I want you to think about something for a second when we begin to try to tell God and try to think that we have a better idea for sex and sexuality and how it all works uh, whether it's homosexuality or any other thing, any other distortion that comes along with this stuff, 
It'd be like a five-year-old walking up to Thomas Edison and being like, yeah, that light, light bulb thing, way wrong about that. You're way wrong. Like, you could have done it so much better. You'd be like, no, nobody would ever actually walk up to Thomas Edison and say that because he knew more than a five-year-old knew. But that's the kind of picture because we weren't the creators of this. We didn't create ourselves. We weren't the creators of sex. We weren't the designers of it. You and I had nothing to do with the creation of it. But too often, we're, we're too quick to say, you know what, I think this, this just seems right. It seems the right way as opposed to looking to what God has. He created you. He created your sexuality. He created sex for you to enjoy in the right way. Now, here's the thing. So I said homosexuality and a lot of the things that happen when it comes to sexuality that are distortions are sin. But here's what I want to tell you. Don't miss this part. If you already hate me for the first part, don't miss this part. Sin is sin. Okay? For some of you in this room, you're thinking, well, I don't deal with that. I don't struggle with that. Guess what? I'm about to read something to you, and you tell me if any of these things describe you. Romans 1, 18, you gotta listen very carefully. It says, God showed his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress their truth, the, the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal uh, power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like, and as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they became utter fools, instead worshiping the glorious ever, instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Some of you guys are like, none of this applies to me yet, because I don't do that. Listen. So God abandoned them to do whatever their shameful hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. They worshiped and served things God created instead of the creator who is worthy of eternal praise. And then he talks about the verse I read just a minute ago about men doing what they were doing with men and women doing what they were doing with, with women. And it says, God abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do the things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed. Here's where you go. Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. Then listen to what it says. It says, they invent new ways of sinning. They invent new ways of sinning. This is the kind of stuff that he's talking about. And then right behind that, if, if you guys are like, none of this has connected to me yet, it says they invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. So if any of you felt okay there, I think I probably just got the rest of you, okay? And, and obviously you weren't listening to the other parts if you didn't think any of it applied to you. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They are heartless. They have no mercy. They know God's justice would require that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. By the way, that goes back to some of the approval stuff that we were talking about a second ago. So here's what I need you to know. It talks about homosexuality in the context of all these other things. So I need you to know, when we talk about homosexuality, we talk about distortions in all these areas of sexuality. I need you to understand, sin is sin. Not, there's not one that's worse than the other. So if you disobey your parents, then guess what? Name another sin, you're just as bad. Because we are all in the same boat. There's not, it's not, it's not like there's this type of sin and then there's this type of sin. No, no, no. It's just sin and we're all in the same boat. All of us are in that same boat. So I need you to understand that. That's an important thing to understand. But 
Sin has different consequences. Sin has different consequences. If you go to the store tonight, you go over to Walmart, you go to Kroger, H-E-B, you walk in and you grab a candy bar and you go, hey, I'm taking this, and you walk out the store. There's gonna be a problem, right? But it's not that big of a deal in the sense of your consequences. I mean, it's still a big deal because you're stealing. But if you go rob a bank and you have a gun and you take all the money out and you're like, I'm taking this money and you get caught. Hopefully you'd get caught if you did that. The consequences are gonna be different, right? You just stole, that's what you did, you stole. You stole a candy bar, you stole money from a bank. Same thing, you were stealing, but the consequences are extremely different. And you need to understand that's the truth. When it comes to all these things, the consequences are different. And how you engage with your sexuality and how you engage other people when it comes to sex and things like that, I need you to understand it makes a difference. Some of you guys in this room, you're like, this, this isn't quite my world yet. You need to have this foundational understanding still. Some of you are like, oh yeah, this is totally my world. Like this is the world I live in. I'm, I'm, I'm in school and people are talking about this kind of stuff all the time. You need to have a basic understanding of some of these things because sin has big consequences. I wanna pause for a second. Some of, some of you, if this isn't your struggle, you need to get a solid hold on this point that everyone has struggles and you need to know that everyone has struggles. You need to know that you have struggles. Sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, they've got bad problems. You got problems. All of us have struggles, and when you understand that we're all in that same boat, it'll change the way you respond to other people. Our sin separates us from God. Here's what it says, Isaiah 59, 2. It says, your sins have cut you off from God. Why is that? Because God is perfect. When we choose to walk with him, then we have a relationship with him. When we do our own thing, we go our own way, it separates us from God. Not because he leaves us, but because we leave him. It's not him leaving us and saying, well, you're not good enough, so I'm out of here. That's not how it works. We tell God, we say, God, you're not good enough. I think these other things might be good enough, so I'm gonna go pursue all these other things, and we separate ourselves from God. Our sin has cut us off from God, but here's the thing, and I need you to grasp this. God's love is for everyone, so no matter what boat you feel like you're in, we're all in the sin boat, and God's love is for you. God loves you no matter what. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter how you feel. Some of you, by the way, and I need, to, I need you to understand this stuff, I don't even disagree when people say that some people are born that way. I don't have a real disagreement because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So some of you are like, well, I was born that way and I just feel like I'm, 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 I feel like I'm just an outcast or I feel like people won't love me or they won't care about me. It doesn't matter. I need you to understand God loves you. We love you. And we wanna show you how much God loves you. Not everybody will tell you that, and not everybody will treat you that way, but I need you to know that that's true. And if they don't treat you the way, that way, it's not God's fault, it's not because Jesus wants them to live that way, it's their fault. And if you ever feel anything different, don't blame God, just blame a person that didn't get it right, okay? John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. God's love is for everyone and no one's a lost cause. Some of you tonight, you need to receive God's love. No matter what your struggle is, you can receive God's love tonight. Some of you tonight, you just need to be, be open. Maybe you're living this and dealing with this in silence. We don't want you to deal with it in silence. Because dealing with it when sil in silence is gonna tear you up. And we wanna build you up. So we'd love to be on your team. We'd love to put our arm around you no matter what it is, no matter what the issue is, if that's you. We wanna put our arm around you in any form of this. 
We want to put our arm around you and just let you know we love you. And we'll walk this journey with you. We're going to point you to Jesus, but we're going to walk this journey with you. And some of you just need to start today by beginning to make decisions that are going to change the rest of your life. You're going to change the rest of your life. I want you to listen to a true testimony of a man. His name is Brad. We'll finish out with this. Brad said this. He says, I was once a homosexual. This one area has caused a tremendous amount of pain in my life and in my family. I'd much rather completely forget the whole thing. However, knowing that this was an area of struggle for me in high school, it would be robbery for me not to share. That's why I'm sharing his testimony with you. Because some of you guys will look at me and be like, you don't know anything. I'm telling you from a guy that dealt with it. He said, I wish I had taken steps in high school to talk to somebody about my feelings or I wish somebody had talked to me, but that didn't happen. I often wonder how my life might be different if I had taken those steps. That's why I'm sharing with you. You might expect that I came to Christ and then had to leave the lifestyle because it's in direct isolation against God's plan. That's not my story. I accepted Christ in junior high. I served him for years and attended four years at a Christian college. However, there is brokenness in my life that I did not give over to God, but I tried to handle on my own. Some people choose drugs to handle life's hurts, some alcohol, some busyness, whatever. Some people choose sex. I chose homosexuality. I'm fuzzy on the details because it seems like a lifetime ago I was living in this lifestyle. In fact, according to the Bible, I'm happy to say it was a lifetime ago because I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. But as I mentioned, my leaving the lifestyle was not because God wanted me to. For me, living that lifestyle was anything but gay. I must admit, for the most part, my friends were more supportive of me living the lifestyle than leaving it. Did you hear that? He said, my friends were more supportive of me living the lifestyle than leaving it. Those who claimed to be tolerant were not tolerant when I chose to live a godly lifestyle. Please understand, for the first year or so, I thought that the homosexual life was great. I could live for myself. I didn't have to get close to anyone. It was party time and life was looking good, but what I didn't realize is that it wouldn't last. Within a few months, I'd be completely void of life and purpose, isolated and lonely, wanting to die. And my own life outside of Christ was a small existence. It was just existence. There was no abundant living. I was trying to make it day to day and not doing very well at all. It reminds me of one of my favorite Bible verses uh, in the Bible. He says this, this isn't mine, uh, it's my verse, but he says, John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. Now you know why Brad and I get along. Since leaving the homosexual lifestyle nearly 10 years ago, that has absolutely been my experience, and God has blessed me tremendously. I've been asked how I entered the homosexual lifestyle. My only response is, listen to this, very slowly. It didn't happen overnight, and it was a process. I have an older brother who was in prison for selling and using hardcore drugs. One night, he saw me having a beer and a cigarette with his friends, and I will never forget his words. His brother that was in prison for selling drugs said, Brad, please don't do that. You have to start somewhere. He understood very well. Some of you, by the way, that are drinking and using drugs needed to hear that part, okay? You have to start somewhere. He understood very well that he did not have to start off with cocaine. He started with the small stuff, a beer here and a joint there. It became bigger over time. Because of my older brother's words, I never did do drugs and I didn't drink a lot, but the sex life for me was the same as my brother and the drug life. It was a small compromises along the way, starting in the thought life, leading to pornography, putting myself in vulnerable situations and ending with a whole sexual lifestyle that, can, that became completely out of control. Did you hear that progression? Starting in my thought life, continuing with pornography and putting myself in bad situations and I got completely out of control. The same way my brother was to me, I'd like to be that older brother to you and share with you whatever you're struggling with. Let me use the same words my brother used with me. Please don't do that. You've got to start somewhere. 
I would encourage you to be accountable to another Christian for your thought life. Don't play with pornography thinking it's just a small matter. It's not. If you're struggling getting help and trust God, if you're struggling, get help and trust God to help you live a life free from sexual sin, which starts in the mind. I'm thrilled to say it's been nearly 10 years since I've given my life completely to Jesus Christ. By his power and grace, I'm committed to living a God-honoring life. I'd be lying if I told you I had no scars. I do have scars and the consequences are real. Primarily as I date women, I'm nervous about when do I talk about my background. I know it's not a first date topic, but I also am so afraid if I go too long before I tell her it's going to backfire at some point. I still struggle with allowing people to get too close to me and I have to keep it in check the way I seek acceptance from others as I used to try to get from sex. And then he says this, I thank God for what Paul said in Philippians 1.6, God who began a good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task is finally finished. God is not finished with me yet and he is working good in me. I look forward to the future and trust that God will use my story to help others. If that hits you today, maybe you're struggling and maybe you feel alone, maybe you're confused about some of this stuff, I want you to know you don't have to wrestle with it alone. I said it earlier, don't wrestle with it alone. Please don't wrestle with it alone. God loves you. And don't allow that path that is in front of you and that battle that you deal with push you away from God because that's what happens a lot of times because he, he loves you and he wants you to work through it. And we want you to work through it. We'd love to walk alongside you in this. I want you to know that this church is a place for imperfect people. Not one of us in this room are perfect. And if you feel like you're imperfect, you might feel like you're opposite of perfect. That's fine. All of us are. And we're on your team. No matter what it is, I want you to know we're on your team because God loves you and has a plan for you. I need you to know that this is a place for you. And if you ever experience anything different, I'm sorry, but this is a place for you. We love you.